Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman. And what we're going to be doing today, we are stepping into the shoes of the enemy. We are doing a full-on scouting report of the uh, opponents, our division rivals. I guess you could call them rivals, maybe not too much. The Arizona Cardinals. So we're going to go through We're going to what to exploit, what to expect, who to watch out for, tendencies, scheme, all these different things, uh, strengths and weaknesses. We're going to cover it all. Plus... One of the favorite things, and again, uh, I, I'm i loving how everybody holds me accountable for my predictions and keys to the game, so uh, let's continue to pay attention to that. We're going to do that at the end of the episode. Lots of great stuff moving forward. Really, really excited, and without further ado, man, let's just jump straight into content today. If you have a question, please put it up. Uh, please at me just so I can see it. Uh, make sure that I can address all the questions. I love the banter that takes place and all the chats across all the different apps, whether it's YouTube, Twitch. Uh, Periscope, uh, Twitter, it's fun, but I uh, absolutely love it. <laughs> awesome comments already that are probably not safe for the air. Appreciate that. Uh, anyway, so let's jump into this. The 49ers, obviously in first place, 7-0 record. We're going up against the Cardinals. Now, this is an interesting game for several reasons. One, it's an early game, which complicates the issue big time. You know, you have to shove everything into two fewer days, which is rough, and then... It's a division game. So anytime you play a division opponent, that's going to complicate things a lot because you see each other a lot. Now, obviously, new coaching staff over in Arizona, but it, the players are relatively the same. And then on top of that, you've got to look. We're on the road. So early game, division game, on the road, Halloween, night game. I mean, you can just keep going and add to uh, the plethora of complexities that is this game. Now... The good news is this, not a very good opponent. Um, the, the Cardinals, I, I think that they have exceeded expectations in the fact that, you know, they, they were picking first overall. We, we were picking second, and their only two wins last year were against us, uh, the 49ers. So uh, this is going to be an interesting game because you cannot overlook this opponent. You really, really can't because they've beat the 49ers eight straight times. You know, the history of this matchup, um, for some reason, the Cardinals, no matter how bad they have been, they have had the 49ers numbers. They've won eight straight matchups. Now, if we look at the overall history, the 49ers are up 29 to 26. So they played each other a lot being in the same division and all. But uh, the Cardinals keep uh, getting back. This is the longest stretch of wins for either team in the history of their matchup. So uh, the idea of over 
overlooking an opponent. I don't think it's possible for all of those reasons we we just mentioned because one, they've beat us so many times recently. Two, short week, so you don't have time to just get in routine. And three, it's a division opponent. So this is going to be an interesting game. And then if you look at, man, the complexities are even further whenever you look at Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa... Uh, widely regarded as the number one overall pick, and he should have been very thankful to the Cardinals for taking a quarterback back-to-back years in the first round. But uh, we got lucky. We should not have had Nick Bosa. And I think Nick Bosa got lucky too because the scheme that the Cardinals run is a 3-4. It's a traditional 3-4 at that. Uh, very, very simple defense for the majority of, you know, you break down their film and you see there's not a lot to it. They do a little bit more on the back end, but the front is relatively simple. Um But having said all this, Nick Bosa would have been a linebacker, which is definitely not his strong suit. He needs to have his hand in the ground. So you have the first overall pick versus the second overall pick, and I can guarantee you Nick Bosa told him, if you don't take me number one, um, yeah, I'm going to make you pay twice a year at that. So Nick Bosa, and you got to give props to him and his brother. The AFC Defensive Player of the Week was Joey Bosa. The NFC Player of the Week, which was just announced a few hours ago, Nick Bosa. (laughs) The two best players in the entire NFL on the defensive side of the ball, both brothers, which is great. Uh, Obviously, Nick Bosa is having a much better year than Joey Bosa, but uh, both playing at an all-pro level. It would be pretty interesting to see both of the brothers being all-pro defensive ends first team as of right now they're pretty close to it Uh, the only person that's kind of fighting for them or fighting against them we're gonna see this week and that's Chandler Jones he's got nine sacks he's been playing very 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 well in this defensive scheme so uh, just a lot of talent on the outside a whole bunch of just kind of narratives behind the scenes Uh, you know you got a brand new coach Cliff Kingsbury that gets fired from a college job at Texas Tech because he can't win there and then he gets hired as a head coach Uh, there's just a lot there Uh, this is a personal game it it really really is yeah it's it's let me just jump ahead a little bit. I do fully expect the 49ers to handle business and to handle business by a lot. Um, but here's the thing with this team. They are a different type of offense, and they play much better in the second half than they do the first half, which you could argue has been about the same for the 49ers as well. Jimmy G's interceptions have almost all completely taken part in the first half. He only has one interception in the second half this season. Um, the rest are all all six in the first half. So uh, different stuff to look forward to. Now, here, here's what I got to say. Let's jump into exactly who the Cardinals have played, who they've won, who they've lost against. Now, they're three wins, and so three, four, and one. They even have a tie from week one. They beat the Bengals, Falcons, and Giants. Definitely not good teams. All of them towards the bottom. The Giants are probably the best team out of that. But all three of those victories, they won by a combined 10 points. So you're talking last possession of the game, barely beating bad teams. Now, who have they lost to? They lost to the Ravens, Seahawks, Saints, good teams, and the Panthers, good team. But the Panthers beat them at by 18 points on the road. It wasn't in Carolina. It was in Arizona. So you can see just real quick, you know, the old Bill Parcells saying, I think it's true. You are what your record is. And these guys are, they're able to play competitively against a lot of teams, but they can only beat bad teams. Now the NFL always has this huge parody game. And with it being an early game, you can't, I'm not sitting here saying that the 49ers can 
can lose this game. Um, there's a chance that they can. It is the NFL. They get paid as well. But the statistics and everything, even Vegas, which we'll get into, it's all on the side of the 49ers. Last week, uh, they lost to the Saints 9-31. to um, So you can kind of see that, and they've got a lot of injuries as well. You know, David Johnson is going to be a true game-time decision, but even if he does play, we saw this two weeks ago, they put David Johnson out there for the first two plays of the game, and he didn't play the rest of the game. He just wasn't feeling it. So even if David Johnson does suit up and is active, don't stress that too much. He's probably the most talented person on their offense, but I don't think we're going to see any, um, maybe a series or two at most. But they don't have any running backs. Chase Edmonds would be their fill-in. He's out. Uh, they've already declared him out. DJ Foster would be their next guy up. He's on IR. He just got put on IR this week as well. They trade for Kenyon Drake, as we've talked about before. Uh, Hakeem Butler, their rookie, their big, tall, um, kind of stud rookie wide receiver, he's on IR. Marcus uh, Marcus Gilbert, one of their offensive linemen on IR. Brandon Williams, one of their starting corners on IR. And then Jordan Hicks, who's kind of Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde, amazing in the run game, awful in the passing game. He didn't practice this uh, last two days, so I think he is going to play. They have to have him, but um, this is they're, they're short. <laughs> They're short. It's week nine in the NFL. Teams are injured. It's just what it is. So uh, both teams are fighting through injuries in the Niners front. It does seem like Staley is not going to play. He is doubtful. Questionable is Raheem Mostert. I don't think that he is going to play. Good news is um, Jeff Wilson Jr. is not even on the injury report. We go from one of the most terrifying injuries on the field. It just looked bad. The optics were bad whenever he took that hit. Um, but he popped up. It was a stinger, supposedly. No concussion protocol. He never even entered into it. He's not even on the practice or the injury report, so he is fine. So it's going to be Tevin Coleman, number one. The second back coming in will be Jeff Wilson, which is different because you know we talk about running backs all the time with the 49ers because of Kyle Shanahan. Technically, right now, we're down three running backs. Uh, you go back to Jarek McKinnon. He was never available this year. Uh, then you've got Matt Breida with the ankle issue. He might play. He's questionable, but I doubt they brush him back on such a short week. And then Raheem Mostert with the quad as well. So uh, outside of that, I don't think we're going to see any other. We kind of know who's playing and who is not. And I don't think there's too much on that. So... Let's go ahead and let's look at the Vegas lines. They continue to slowly move um, towards the 49ers side. We are now 10 and a half uh, points. We are giving up 10 and a half points. It started off at seven, <laughs> jumped up quick. I got in at nine. Uh, if you listened to yesterday, it was at 10. Now it's 10 and a half. It's not going to stop. It is going to continue to move to 11. So if you're wanting to get in early, <laughs> uh, you missed that chance. That's okay. Please pay attention on Twitter. Uh, we're putting out what the lines are and what we're expecting them to be. You know, we, we've got a field goal that you, if you just would have got your bets in early. And if you are betting, you always got to go with our sponsor, mybookie.ag. They're wonderful. They do great. And a big reason why we are going to start broadcasting live is because of these guys they have uh, come on and started to sponsor that and they're trying to help that happen so I cannot say thanks to my bookie they are awesome and 
If you're not going to, if you haven't heard yet, if you missed the last episode, just so you know, we are broadcasting live play-by-play during the 49ers tomorrow. Uh, me and my associates over at Eat Sleep Fantasy, we got a whole crew. We have a production meetings. Look at us. We're like big kids now, right? Um, so what you got to do for that is head over to Hot Mike, uh, the app. If you have an iPhone, it is not on Android yet. You can watch us on Periscope, however, but the Hot Mike app is the way to go if you have an iPhone. Now, if you don't have an iPhone, but you're watching the game, with somebody that does just ask them to download it hot mic is a free app but you need our invite code the invite code is rush esf so r-u-s-h esf no spaces that gets you the app for free and then you'll just click on the 49ers game and it'll broadcast the audio and video you'll be able to see this wonderful face throughout the entire game we'll be with you start to finish and You've got to be tired of listening to people call the teams. It's on Fox, so you already know who the broadcast... I don't want to throw shade on famous people, but you already know who the broadcast is going to be tomorrow if it's a Fox broadcast, primetime game. Um, Anyway, uh, let's just say buck that, right? (laughs) Let's get away from that. So listen to us, and we're going to be talking through bets um, during commercial breaks because, again, on my bookie, here's what's special about it. They have quarter bets on there. You can bet first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, second half, all these different things, and we're going to be sizing up the game as it goes. We've got a lot of content for you. This is a big boy podcast now. Uh, I got my big boy britches on. (laughs) So the over-under for the 49ers game, again, is 43. And if you haven't signed up with them, use promo code 49ers. Double your initial deposit. So let's talk about a couple bets of the week. So this everybody keeps asking me to get to the bets. Let's talk about this. There's two bets that I really, really like so far. And again, if you're listening to the broadcast tomorrow, we're going to have even more for you. But here we go. One of the bets that we got put up on my bookie, again, the way that you find these is the prop builder bet. So what you do is you just click on the left side where it says props builder, click on NFL, click on the game 49ers, then you go through all their different fields. One of them is total touchdowns for San Francisco. And it is, this is crazy. I don't know why it's so low. It doesn't make much sense, but that's okay. It doesn't have great odds, but we're going to get paid on it anyway. Over two and a half total touchdowns scored. We just have to score three touchdowns. To cover this bet. Now, it's minus 213, which means if you bet 10, you win 14. But here's the thing. San Francisco has done this in all games except for two. One of them was the Washington Mud Bowl. I'm throwing that one out there. And the other one was the Los Angeles Rams. We were just up by so much. We just ran the ball out. Now, the Cardinals, and this is the main reason why I like this bet, they have allowed every team to score at least three touchdowns except the Bengals. And again, if you listen to the teams that were able to do this, you have the Falcons, the Giants, uh, the Seahawks, the Ravens, the Panthers. I love th- playing against this defense. Uh, this is It's a lock of a bet. I'm very, very excited about it. So again, uh, San Francisco to score over two and a half touchdowns. Um, it's at minus 213. So again, you bet 10 to win 14. And the second one, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later um it has to do with george kittle one plus touchdown he scores one touchdown or more okay plus 159 plus 159 so you bet 10 to win 25 and here's what happens four touchdowns have been called back for george kittle so far this year four different touchdowns 
I don't think that trend's going to continue. And then if you look at the matchup he has, one, Jordan Hicks is healthy in play. We already talked about how he didn't practice earlier this week. Jordan Hicks has given up a lot to the tight end so far. Uh, he's allowing a 93% catch rate to the tight end position alone. Over 182 yards allowed by the tight end, which is one of the most in the NFL for a linebacker. Uh, compliments to James D. Coe uh, for that tweet and that information. Found that on Twitter. But I love this bet. Again, George Kittle to score a touchdown or more. Um, I really do think that this is going to be the week for the tight end. And as we get into this matchup a little bit more and we break down their tendencies and where they give yards up to, I think you're going to agree with me a little bit here. Now, um, is this a game where Jimmy Garoppolo throws deep to Sanders or to Goodwin? Now, here's the deal. And it, we'll, we'll jump into a little bit of what makes this team so uh, good or bad, whatever. Their defense isn't great. They have two amazing all-pro players. And Patrick Peterson, who was suspended the first six games, but he's been back for the last two, already got an interception as well. Patrick Peterson is still one of the better corners in the NFL. So uh, that's scary. And then you've got Chandler Jones, again, as I said, nine sacks. So you've got these two players on defense that are exceptional. Now, outside of that... There's not really a lot there. Um, so DeAndre Baker's decent in the back end. He's more of a nickel guy in the box safety. Um, you know, and then they go out and they draft a cornerback in this in the early second round as well out of Georgia. So they have some talent. There's no doubt about that. But the way that you beat this team, and again, I mean, you just look at it, and it, it, it's kind of comical. They're not good at anything on defense. So let's look at these weaknesses. They allow the second most points, <laughs> second most first downs, third most passing touchdowns. Uh, so on the on the season, their defense have, have allowed 20 passing touchdowns and only forced two interceptions. That's it. That's a 10 to 1 ratio. <laughs> we talked about passing ratios uh, previously. Like, you want to be 2 to 1 uh, from a quarterback perspective. Throw twice as many touchdowns as you do interceptions. They're at a 10 to 1 ratio they're allowing. So, if Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception, it better be to freaking Patrick Peterson because outside of that, there's no reason to throw an interception. And personally, I would just stay the hell away from Patrick Peterson because there's weaknesses everywhere else. They have the third fewest interceptions in the entire NFL, they allow the fourth most points. Points and yards allowed. I think I misspoke earlier. The second most first downs allowed, fourth most points and yards allowed, fourth most passing touchdowns. So back to your question. This is going to be a passing game. They try to stop the run. They're not overly good at that either. Um, you know, they're 23rd or 25th in rush yards allowed, and they're 23rd in rush yards per attempt allowed. They're not really covering a lot of ground. The only defense, the only statistical category that they're in the top 10 in is rushing touchdowns. They've only allowed four rushing touchdowns. That's their only strength, is they don't allow rushing touchdowns. So that means guess what? We get close to the goal line. You got to expect some passing. And what does that mean? It's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. And I think it's going to be George Kittle. George Kittle's going to get a touchdown this game. I am a, I, I want to like use like a Chapman, like <laughs> a seal of approval or something on that. So Anyway, uh, John, do you think that we will get Trent Taylor back sometime before the playoffs start? I do believe so. Uh, again, my priority personally 
If I was the GM on players I want back from IR, Jalen Hurd would be first, Trent Taylor would be second, and then after that, Kentavious Street would be third. Um, and I, Jason Verrett would not be on that list really at all. I don't think there's any reason to bring him back. Um, will our kicking game finally get on back on track this week? I think so. That extra point was weird. It was really, really weird. It was not designed to be um, a fake. It's really funny. I just finished the breakdown and threw it up on the Patreon account of the offense, and I broke down that play as well. Uh, it's a it's a perfect snap. Okay, a lot of people put it on Kyle Nelson just because he was new. Hit him in the hands and he got it down. Uh, Mitch Wisnowski did, but something happened when he put the ball on the ground. It was tilted. It was just weird. It was awkward, and so he just picked it up and bailed. The funny thing is. Our left end is Eric Armstead on our field goal unit. And once it's supposed to kick, you see him like look up and look for the ball and then turn around and be like, oh shit, <laughs> we didn't kick it. But like, it, it's just kind of comical just the way he looks up waiting for the ball. Like, where is it? And then looks back and like, oh, <laughs> so it definitely was not a fake. Nobody went out on a route or anything, but yeah, we've just, it's got to gel eventually. Um, now these are the three guys that are going to be there long-term. Uh, Mitch Wisnowski not going anywhere. Robbie Gold, we got signed to a two-year mega million-dollar kicker deal. And then our center, you know, Kyle Nelson's back uh, from suspension. So these three guys are going to be together for a while. Um, so hopefully the kicking game gets on track. The good news is I do not believe this week is going to be key for field goals. I don't think this is going to be a close one. Um, man, we're we're getting hurt. We're getting close to the heart here, Ulysses. Um, John, are you still a believer in Pettis? My faith is wavering by the day. Um, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And a couple things. Uh, let's focus on what Pettis does well. He's very active in the run game. He blocks very well despite his size. He gets great separation. However, you just there's a head case there with he can't catch the ball. Uh, he's still targeted a lot. He just doesn't bring home the receptions. And so uh, the the confidence is waving dramatically. Now, the one thing I will say is this, and one thing I love about Kyle Shanahan, and we see this on offense and defense, you develop depth through playing time. Uh, there are teams that leave their wide receivers out there, like Bruce Arians, uh, Mike Evans, and Godwin don't ever come off the field. They're out there every single damn play. And if you look at teams like ours, we rotate everything except for a few things. Offensive line doesn't rotate, and quarterback doesn't rotate. That's it on offense. And then if you look at defense, our secondary doesn't rotate. Everything else, secondary and linebackers don't rotate. So uh, we do rotate our wide receivers. So Pettis is going to be able to continue to get work, and his snaps are going to keep going down. I do believe that. Um, you know, he was the snap getter, the leading snap getter at the wide receiver position for four straight weeks. And then as soon as we made that trade, uh, his snaps were the ones that fell, uh, not anybody else's. Debo Samuel and Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> Debo Samuel and who we just traded for, Emmanuel Sanders, those are our starting wide receivers. Everybody else is going to be kind of a backup. Um, so uh, what are you saying? We're going to have a massive losing streak. I'm not following you. Uh, oh, he's talking to somebody else. My bad. Sorry. I love the argument already. This makes me so happy. <laughs> anyway, so really really excited about a lot of things is Chandler Jones going to be lined up against school or Brunskill he prefers to play on the right side defensive right side Chandler Jones does he does move around some but again I'd probably say 80% of his snaps will be on our offensive left defensive right side so it's going to be school um, now curious to see if the Arizona coaching staff sees something 
And they want to overcompensate and bring him over against Brunskill because, again, I really personally think Brunskill is much more. Def- he has a lot more deficiencies in the passing game, but a very, very good run blocker. So excited about that, um, John. Um, our game against the Seahawks is on Monday Night Football, so it won't be uh, cover led by Fox. Yeah, that's great. It's going to be even worse because it's Monday Night Football. We're going to have Booger McFarland, um, which I actually really like him. I, I, I like what he is about. I like his personality. I just don't like him calling the games. So the next two games, we've got Fox Thursday night, which is going to be Aikman and Buck. And then the next game is going to be Monday Night Football with Booger McFarland and Tessator. So, um, yeah, no, we got you covered. Okay, you don't have to listen to them ever again if you don't want to. We're here for the long haul. So uh, again, if you're just joining us, we're going to be broadcasting play by play, and you're 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 going to watch the game. However, you always watch the game, and you're just going to sync up your uh my, the app to the audio, the video on there. It walks you through the tutorial and all that stuff. It's all in there on Hot Mic. Again, use the code Rush ESF. You don't have to listen to those guys anymore. We got you. And even if you're not watching the game, you can just listen to us if you're busy at work or whatever or whatever's going on. You can just listen to us instead of the radio or whatever else. We're going to be there the whole time. Um, you always rock the blue wedding ring. Need to get that Niners uh, Rush Red. I have a red wedding ring. I got the little cheap silicone one so that whenever I work out, it does it. I'm a baby. It pinches my hand. But yeah, a lot of comments about the wedding rings. I do change them. Uh, my wife likes me to change them for some reason. I, th- I kind of like it too. It's personality, man. Um, all right, let's jump back into uh, – you got a little off topic. That's okay. Let's jump back into the defense. Now, what is it that the Cardinals do? They run a traditional 3-4, okay? And it's very a lot of single high with underneath man, and they just allow their safety to kind of read the quarterback and go wherever. Now, sometimes they'll transition more into a cover two shell, uh, very similar to what we saw with Tampa, um, where they they will pull back and they'll try to do a little bit of pre-snap kind of judgment where they're going to line up in a single high safety look, and then they're going to anticipate the snap, and then they'll rotate kind of the last second or two before the snap into a cover two or vice versa. So they like to kind of tip what's going on to try to get the quarterback thinking bad idea to do against Kyle Shanahan but hey you guys do that um, so again uh, traditionally a cover one mindset which is where you have man underneath with a uh, single high safety over top so cover one you have one roving back there everybody else's man coverage um, now here's the thing that they which is weird to me and a big reason why I don't think they have a lot of success on defense. Uh, they stay in man coverage and they chase on motion. And what I mean by that is sometimes you'll see teams you know, motion across, which Kyle Shanahan does more than anybody else in the NFL, and you'll see the defender, whether it's nickelback or whatever, run all the way across the field with them. They do that a uh, majority of the time. They don't check off or rotate coverage or say, that's your man now. They just stay. It's a very simple defense, very vanilla, and they just stay man now if you're going to do that against Kyle Shanahan just know he is going to take advantage of your linebackers because if you want to stay in that and here's another thing that they do as well they don't motion their linebackers out so if we do an empty set and again this is what they've shown so far if uh, the 49ers come out in an empty set whether it's two tight ends out there or whatever but there's no running back they keep the outside man lined up with their cornerback so if we send Roz Dwelly for example split out to the right they're going to have Patrick Peterson on him 
And if that's great, if you want to do that, because <laughs> Kyle Shanahan will create matchups on the inside with Emmanuel Sanders and with George Kittle against your linebackers all damn day. And their linebackers cannot cover. They are run stuff, uh, kind of, they're run stuffing hybrid linebackers that just can't cover. And they actually have speed and they're smaller linebackers, but they're just great tacklers. Uh, they, they've been shredded by uh, just option routes, stop routes, zone busting routes over the middle, and I, I don't understand what they're doing. Um, I, I really don't like their scheme. I really do feel that their defense is it's about 15 years old um, and it was innovative before Rex Ryan showed up. Uh, I guess if that makes sense. What are your thoughts about Kyler Murray? Do you think that the receivers make him look good, or is he actually that good? The one thing you got to say about Kyler Murray, and um, I'm a Longhorn fan, so the fact that this guy played for the Aggies and OU, and now the Cardinals, I despise him. Can't stand him. That's okay. Um, but whatever. He's very, very talented, and he does not turn the ball over through the air. He's, he doesn't throw interceptions. Uh, he does not throw interceptions. They have the fewest turnovers uh, lost in the entire NFL. 49ers, we cause you know some of the most turnovers. But uh, the way that they do their game, it's spaced out, and we're jumping over to the offensive side now. Uh, I want to finish this thought, then I'll finish up the defense. But uh, here's what they want to do, and this is what Kingsbury did at Texas Tech. Again, like I said, Texas fan, so I've seen this guy coach for a very, very long time. He was with Houston before that, all that stuff. He's Spreads everything out shallow, midfield, or deep. And so he wants to attack you in layers. So he does do a lot of four wide and empty sets. And everybody will run a route that is only seven yards deep. And so essentially, if you can picture the offense, you have five wide receivers spread out. Everybody just kind of does the same route and just tries to get into space. And they're just going to get the ball out quick. That's the idea. They don't believe in offensive line. They don't address the offensive line. They don't care about the offensive line because their their entire mindset is, we know where we're going with the ball before we snap it. And if we don't get the ball out quick, Kyler Murray's just going to take off running. The biggest fear I have in this game is Kyler Murray rushing the ball. Now, Quan Alexander might have a thing or two to say about that. And the weirdest thing about Kyler Murray, he's tiny, uh, you know, 5'8", and he's, you know, 205 pounds. He's, he's, he's built rather well. He never takes hits. Uh, he gets tackled a lot. He just doesn't take hits. He's very, very shifty, and he can move around very, very well. I mean, he was the number seven overall pick in baseball, and then the number Number one overall pick in the NFL, so and it tells you about his athleticism and who this guy is. Um, but this is kind of what's special about him is he just you can't hit him. You can tackle him, and he gives up a lot of sacks. But it's hard to land a hit on him, and it hasn't happened yet in the NFL. It really, really hasn't. Now, jumping back, let's finish up the defense. Um, here's the players to watch out for, as I said. Chandler Jones, nine sacks, 37 pressures. Him versus school scares the it scares the crap out of me. Okay, him versus Brunskill, uh, that's I don't even want to touch that. Patrick Peterson. He is one of the best corners in the NFL still. And, you know, I was really curious to see how he'd respond after the six-game suspension. And you put the film on, and right off the bat, you're just like, oh, well, damn. Yep, he's still really, really, really good. Um, so those two guys on defense are huge. You can't allow them to beat you. And Kyle Shanahan, through scheming and all the motion, he's going to be okay. Players we can exploit, Jordan Hicks over the middle. And if he's injured, the backup's even worse. So the linebacker in the defensive line is very, very weak out 
outside of Chandler Jones. So that's our defensive part. Um, let's jump into just a couple more questions before um, before we get talking. Um, can we bring Selleck back? I think he was a huge boost last season. Yeah, um, I don't think – here's the deal. With Selleck, because he never practiced, he got put on the pup list, so he can be brought back. But, however, I think he's just going – I think he's going to retire. I think we keep him on there almost as just – he's getting paid anyway. We could do an injury settlement, but instead he gets to be a part of the team and all those things. And we want him around because he's a lifelong 49er. He's awesome. I don't think that it's a possibility though with his back. Um, I really don't think that he's going to play. Um, yeah, sorry. I always forget to say this. Please like the uh, podcast. (laughs) Please hit the thumbs up or the like button, wherever it is you're listening. That helps us out a lot. Really do appreciate that. Um, anyway, so a couple more questions right here. Um, got you blushing about the ring. I'm always blushing, man. I am a red-faced uh, Irish descent. Uh, <laughs> I'm always red, man. Can you give some quick thoughts on our safety play? Is it still a top three priority to upgrade that position? Haven't heard much about them lately. The last game was their worst uh, play, um, specifically Jimmy Ward. His angles on the back end at safety were suspect at best. Uh, should have been beat for two deep touchdowns, one in the red zone and then one in midfield, which could have been a 50-yard gain. Also got beat on a deep out where he uh, read it wrong, jumped the uh, undercut route, and left the deep route open. So um, I think that the safety play is relatively good-ish. I personally, if I'm still ranking, um, you know, as of right now, future positions moving forward, I'd say offensive line would be first. I would say wide receiver is still going to be a bit of concern, but safety is going to be huge. You got to have a safety there. Not worried about corner anymore, uh, even if, you know, the whole – Richard Sherman's old type of crowd, whatever. I, I disagree with that because of the way he plays. Um, you've got to be happy with Emmanuel Mosley and Akello Witherspoon. So both of those options, those are two starting corners for the future, which who who would have guessed that? Who, who would have guessed the transition would have been made? But, yeah, safety is still a major, major issue. And if we're picking, you know, number 32 in the first round, like, you know, you, you want to be, that's a perfect spot for a safety because uh, safeties usually drop – uh, quite a bit so you there's still a possibility you can get one of the top safeties in the draft even though you're picking late personally i think we're going to trade out of that spot but the, anyway uh why do you think pettis isn't returning kickoffs or punts no clue um we'll see i think the thing that would force the hand there and again here goes the mentions uh if we bring back jalen hurt or trent taylor i do think that there is a small possibility richie james would be the one that would be inactive on game days and then that would put him in that role but uh, you got to see it a little more right like they're not even trying uh, they're just letting Richie James do it and he's been doing he's been doing a relatively well job so I'm not trying to knock Richie James for that but again I've said it several times Dante Pettis is historically the greatest punt returner in college football history uh, that should translate to the NFL so um, do you think we uh, line up in more base and trust our linebackers and pass rush or will we um, line up in diamond nickel Here's the thing, and this transitions pretty well over to the offense. When you look at what Kingsbury did at Texas Tech, he was the most um, 10 personnel guy in the country. What I mean by that is one running back, no tight end. And that's what we thought we were going to see. That's what I thought I was going to see, that he was going to bring his exact scheme to the NFL. He didn't do that. 
Um, they line up in 11, 12, 13 personnel. He's got three tight ends out there sometimes. This is, I don't know, I kind of give him kudos because I think that 10 personnel stuff was going to get his quarterback destroyed. So he's learned he's got to bring in some guys to slow down pass rush. So I do think that we will stay in a lot more of our base package. Um, you know, our base package is nickel, though. I don't think we're going to see a lot of Drake Greenlaw. I don't think he's going to have a lot of snaps. He hasn't played relatively well either. So uh, that is a problem. But um, I do think that moving forward, and here here's the thing that we're going to see. We're going to be in our nickel personnel, and we're going to try to get pressure with four guys. And we're able to do so. And if we can get pressure, they look really, really bad because <laughs> their offensive line is the worst offensive line we have played against, and that is saying a lot. Um, so I'm really excited about this game. I feel great about this game. Um, I feel great about this game. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm scared to read this question. I gotta, I gotta preface it up loud. Um, uh, let's just say if something happened to Jimmy, all right, do you think Nick Mullins would be able to continue for the 49ers success into the playoffs? I do. Do I think that Nick Mullins is anywhere near Jimmy Garoppolo? I do not. Is Nick Mullins a good quarterback? I, I think so. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with Nick Mullins at all, but no, Jimmy Garoppolo is special. Um you look at the records, Nick Mullins is 3-5, and five, I believe, off the top of my head, in a Kyle Shanahan uh, thing. And Jimmy Garoppolo is 15-2 and two with those same rosters. Uh, so it's he's he's a winner. <laughs> he's a winner. That's all I got to say. Do you think Sherm could be moved to safety and have E-Man and Spoon play uh, the safety this season? Here's the problem, okay, and this has been brought up before. Sherman cannot play the deep safety role because of speed issues, okay? That deep safety in a single high system, which we do, you want speed back there. So you could put Sherm as Jaquiski Tart's spot, but I think Tart's kind of got his spot locked down. Um, Tart's played great. He just is awful as a force player in the run game. Outside of that, he does very, very well. So uh, if you want to move Sherm, that's fine, but you've got to put him as that kind of interior safety, the Tart spot, not the main issue spot, which is you know the back end. And I'm not trying to say Jimmy Ward's played bad. You go back to the Rams game just a few weeks ago, he had three fourth downs stops on his own what I am saying is that the one spot that Jimmy Ward has never been able to do is that eraser deep safety position he's never been able to do that and he is still struggling with that now the passes haven't been completed which is great but a lot of that was the pressure that was being put on Kyle Allen so I do think that that is still a spot now is is that going to be enough to cause problems for this defense, and eventually it's going to rear its ugly head. There's no doubt about that. There's great quarterback play up ahead. Uh, we're playing against all the best ones. We've got uh, Aaron Rodgers. We've got Drew Brees. We've got two against uh, Russell Wilson. We're about to see Kyler Murray, which I don't think he's the best quarterback or anywhere there, but you talk about deep arm strength. He's one of the best in the business. That dude has a freaking cannon. I don't care if he's freaking, he, he's like a mega man, you know what I mean, where he's just smashed down. He can't ride roller coasters. He's too short for that, but the dude's got a cannon on his arm. Uh, you watch the ball come out of his hand, it, it freaking takes off. So eventually we're going to see something. I, I, I do agree there, but hopefully the pass rush will continue stopping quarterbacks from that long uh, hanging out in the pocket then rifling one deep. So we'll, we'll have to see here. Um, let's see here. Does Ryan Clark frustrate you too? I can't listen to any a analyst anymore that doesn't watch the game. That's the key. I love this question. 
analysts on the big networks don't watch football. They don't watch football. So <laughs> I quit watching ESPN a long time ago. Um, I have it on NFL Network or I'm watching something on the computer, um, you know, the people that I respect. And so Ryan Clark, I, I don't even, I don't follow him on Twitter. Um, you know, I have most of those analysts blocked. So I, I type in Stephen A. Smith blocked. Everything about, if mentions blocked, Skip Bayless blocked, Ryan Clark block like I don't want to listen to that just because they don't know what the hell they're doing they're just trying to get clicks and it works unfortunately so yeah you don't want to listen to those guys download the hot mic app listen to me we got it covered because we know what we're talking about because we watch the game I watch the game probably five times each week um, uh, with the breakdowns that we do for the Patreon account, uh, talking with you guys, scouting reports. like It's just time and understanding of the game, which a lot of these people just do not have. Um, so anyway, a couple more questions before we finish up our breakdown and get into our predictions, which I'm really, really excited. Um, let's see here. Now, here is their offensive strengths and weaknesses. As I said, fewest turnovers in the league. They don't turn the ball over, which is pretty impressive. Okay, Ninth most passing attempts, they throw the ball a ton. And the problem is they don't sustain drives. They would lead the league in passing attempts, but they don't sustain drives very well. Ninth most yards per rushing attempt, again, because they don't run very often. Um, when they do run, they usually have decent spacing available. Um, they will run the ball on third and long. They don't mind doing that. They like that kind of slow dry, uh, draw. Uh, it's what it is. Now, weaknesses, and there are a ton. 32nd in red zone percentage. This is a problem with kind of the air raid or whatever you want to call their offensive system is just throwing the ball like crazy. They can't score whenever they get in there. They kick lots of field goals. They're 28th in passing touchdowns, even though they attempt the ninth most passes. So you can see it's not translating to touchdowns. 22nd total yards, 21st in first downs. Again, not sustaining drives. 20th most points. And here, this is the bet. This is the fun one. They have allowed 27 sacks. If you think Nick Bosa has had his best game yet, you got to wait because it's going to get worse. Um, if it could, uh, Nick Bosa, everybody across that defensive line, I, I cannot. They are going to eat this man alive. Um, now, the trick is getting it to him before he starts shifting and breaking down and running. Um, and that's going to be Fred Warner and Quan Alexander back there cleaning up the mess. The only way that this team beats us is if he kills us with his legs. That's it. That's the only way on offense. So, again, on defense, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, if they have career days, that's going to be problematic. And then on the opposite side, you're going to have to have this guy, this quarterback, run for 150-plus yards, which he can do. Um, he can do. So, uh, again, mostly 11 personnel. They do some 12 and 13, um, but they never did that in college, which is interesting. Not not really anything special, nothing too complex. They do like to stretch across uh, the same thing. So, again, they attack. Everybody attacks that 10 to 20-yard range on their routes. Everybody runs 20-plus yards deep. It's, it's really it's layered. It's really interesting the way they do it. Um, and screens. Get ready, guys. Screen, 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 screens. Flare pass, flare pass. Outlet pass to, I mean, it's like basketball, really. Inbounding the ball from uh, underneath the basket. They just hit the flats with the running backs nonstop. They do it with the wide receivers. They do tunnel screens. Um, 
Again, a, a traditional running game translates to this system and the fact that they do throw these high percentage passes on screens. And they do a lot of empty sets on third down. Um, and it's kind of what it is. It, it doesn't work really well, but a whole bunch of out routes and curls. <laughs> it's very it's interesting. I almost want to call it like a Madden offense. <laughs> but anyway, uh, players to watch out for on offense, not really anyone. Um, you know, I, I love and respect uh, Fitzgerald. He's amazing just as a human and the way he works. He's one of the best ever, but he's not what he used to be. He really, really isn't. Uh, but he's still effective, and he can catch everything. and get a lot of first downs, but he, he's not somebody that you really have to scheme against. It's really just Murray's running. That is the only thing that scares me. Outside of that, it's really nothing. Um, players to exploit. Kyler Murray, He if he doesn't make the read pre-snap he gets confused and then bad things happen um again like i said all those sacks 11 sacks according to pro football focus are because of kyler murray's indecision so if he hesitates he is going to get his head ripped off um dj humphreys their left tackle has eight penalties against him so that they ruin drives on their own and he's going to struggle big time uh dj humphreys is going to get destroyed against nick bosa it's going to be bad 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 <laughs> now let's get to our predictions and keys to the game and again just want to say thanks to our sponsor mybookie.ag use promo code 49ers double your initial deposit and uh, again just a real quick reminder of the bets of the week please jump in on this san francisco to score more than two and a half touchdowns and kittle to score a touchdown uh, great odds on that I, I think those odds are going to be adjusted before the game so please get in on those two bets with us um, now predictions to the game i want to start with the score right off the bat 49ers win 34 to 17 now why am i giving them 17 points i understand it's going to blow up on here they throw the ball a lot, and they play great in the second half. Their coaching staff does make pretty good adjustments at halftime. Uh, you watch the first quarter of games and the third quarter of games, uh, and the third quarter is much, much better. So, again, 34-17, to 17, 49ers win. They stay unbeaten and in first place, but there are going to be so many sacks for our defense. So many sacks. This is going to be a frustrating game for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I, I really do think it's going to get bad because if we jump out to an early lead um not to say they're gonna have to throw the ball more um but it, it's gonna have to be what it is um so kittle is going to be insane against this team again patrick peterson takes away one of the outside wide receivers and uh, they don't allow a whole bunch of run yardage up the middle which kyle shanahan's still going to get his run yardage but guarantee you this Kittle is going to have a crazy Kittle game. Uh, very excited. I have him going for eight catches, 100-plus yards, and at least one touchdown. This is going to be a huge Kittle game. I feel very, very confident about that. The only way we lose again is Patrick Peterson and Chandler Jones both have career days, and I don't think either of those. Uh, they're going to play well. Uh, they're going to get a sack. Uh, Patrick Peterson's going to get his hand on the ball a little bit, um, possibly an interception. Who knows? But again, 34 to 17. Really excited about. It. I'm loving the uh, scores pouring in. Man, seeing a 44 to three, 34 to nine, which you guys are projecting 41 to 14, and that's being generous. 50 to nine. Yeah, you are correct because 
the 49ers, this game is built for the way that they play football. It really, really is. It's a matchup nightmare for the, for the Cardinals and what they're facing. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Is the Cards O-line better than? No. Better than Carolina's? No, it's not. No, it is not. It is a bad one, and it's on a short week, and their running backs are all gone, so their adjustments and their pass protection is going to be even worse than normal because they haven't practiced it that much. It's going to be a very, very basic protection and run scheme, everything. It's not looking good for them. So, yeah, that's what we got. So, again, if you haven't already, Go download the app, Hot Mike app, and use promo code Rush ESF. And man, we're gonna be brought. You're gonna get like four plus hours of the Forty Hours Rush podcast tomorrow. And hopefully, you guys don't get too uh, tired of me. Pretty excited to uh, be calling my very first game. So please be patient with me. But um, as I keep breaking down films, as soon as I end here, um, I just uploaded the last breakdown video on the my Patreon account. Uh, so if you guys want to continue seeing those breakdowns, I had to go behind the paywall. Because they suspended it uh, with YouTube, putting up all the stuff. So had to go over there for those videos, which I put up two hour-long breakdowns in the past two days. One on defense, one on offense. Uh, all you do, you head over to NinersRush.com. You'll see on the right side the Patreon uh, logo to support the podcast. Click that. The Frank Gore tier, it's 8 bucks a month, $2 a week, basically a dollar for an hour-long video breakdown of all the film we go through every single week. It supports the podcast, and all of that money goes back into you guys in this uh, podcast. This is yours. It's not mine. I uh, just want to constantly increase everything through app development all this stuff, so please support the podcast. It's the best way to do that, and it's year-round, so it's, it's not just... Um, during the season, as soon as football ends and we win the Super Bowl, it's on to draft content where I'm going to put down all my videos there of prospect breakdowns. We did over 150 last year, looking to get closer to 200 this year. So your one-stop shop for everything 49ers, NFL draft, we got you covered. And I want to give a quick shout-out to a couple people. It's blowing up over there. It really, really is. These people have joined us over there on the Patreon account. Benjamin, uh, Jonathan G, Charlie, Scott C. Uh, this is awesome. Awesome name, Shin Me. I'm sure I said that wrong. Tony, uh, Darren H, Johnny M, Jack T, Charles N, uh, Amin, and S Beer. Can't say thanks to you guys enough. It means the world to me, and I'm going to constantly make sure um, I don't let you guys down and uh, just keep giving you great content. That's it. And if there's something you want, let me know. I will adjust what we do here. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate all that you guys do for us. Man, we got a game tomorrow, baby. And shoot, even after the broadcast, we're gonna have a live reaction show so uh, full-time 49ers that's what i'm talking about so game time tomorrow stay strong faithful when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.